Hello, Phantoms of the Silver Screen fans. I am one of those Phantoms, Jumpy, and I am joined by my co-host and brother in death. Rip. Get it? Brother yep. in death. Mm-hmm. It's Rip. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> so today we are taking a break from amazing horror TV shows and yet again covering another awesome new horror movie that you know hollywood just seems to keep pumping out they're doing a lot of things wrong but with horror movies i think they're doing a lot of things right (laughs) because i just keep seeing hit after hit in the horror movie genre that's true so today we are watching the i think feature debut of director parker finn Mm -hmm. uh smot Smut. Not watching. We saw it already, but today we're covering <laughs> Smut. Yes. We watched it. Jumby and I went to the theater. It wasn't a packed theater because it was, it was the middle not. of the day. And not this movie see a horror movie. Movie's been out for over a month. So it's good. So if, when it comes to these movies, we like to tell everybody like the first couple of minutes on a spoiler free uh, opinion on the movie should you see it or not I say I being Rip you should go see it yes I being Jumpy that is the Jumpy of this podcast Um, I say to each their own you know you All might right. like it you might not I don't know you All you right. decide do you like creepy smiles do you like fun horror? Do you like creative storytelling? No? Well, then don't go see it. But if you do like those things, you should probably check it out. And that was your spoiler for your review. Now everything after this is all spoilers, baby. Smile. Wasn't that shit crazy? Oh, my God. smiled gosh. all over the place. Oh, my <laughs> God. I saw all 32 teeth. It was crazy. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That one lady with her wisdom teeth? Crazy. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Yes, this was one of the first movies in a long time where I felt that creeping sensation. Last time I felt that was paranormal activity. First one? Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. This I felt a I mean, it's not renowned for being super scary, but I felt the creepy sensation that I felt from this movie when I watched the It Part 1. Because of the creepy things they had in the background. That always unsettled me. And Hereditary got me too. Hereditary. Hereditary's on another level of being disturbing, but <laughs> we'll get into that one day. But this this movie I wanna cover that whole multiverse, the hereditary yes. midsummer. You know? <laughs> but yeah. Um... Twilight. We're gonna get there. <laughs> yes. Begrudgingly when we run out of material. I'll soon consider it <laughs> <laughs> i i just write an email leave a comment saying like four out of five because they didn't cover twilight yet that's what i want <laughs> i want some encouragement to help me get ripped to just see reason to do what <laughs> i need to see all those movies all right you know, i only seen like two you know the werewolf genre went backwards like no There's one, a werewolf in that thing? Nobody wants to do werewolf movies because of that movie. 
at we need a good werewolf yeah. movie. What about Werewolf by Night? Marvel just did it. That's oh. right. We haven't covered it yet. Oh. We're late to the party. Well, there you go. Now we don't need to do Twilight because we're going to watch Werewolf by Night. You're gonna hear we can have it all. We can do both. <laughs> well, uh, but yes, yeah, smile. Fan. It didn't make me smile. It made me, it made me scared. Uh, Actually, it did make me smile sometimes. The I was laughing. Like that nervous laughter, though. I was like, oh, shit. That sucks. <laughs> So, this uh, is uh, it. It really did inspire a lot of horror, like horror, like um, jump scares or whatever. It, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> it no, this there is, are jump scares. If you're worried about that in movies, in horror movies, there's so many jump scares in this one. Yeah, it, it uh, and it, they utilize that to get the blood flowing. But they, it's a lot of. A lot of horror movies take advantage of the jump scares. I don't think this movie took advantage of it. They didn't do it distastefully. It was everything was set up perfectly, and the way the story was written, it makes sense that the jump scare would follow. Hmm. And it is more than just a jump scare, which a lot of um, horror content. Sometimes it is just the gut jump scare and you're going to get scared and then never watch the movie or think about it again. This one did have a decent plot to it. The whole idea about trauma, the whole underlying theme of the movie was done really well, um, portrayed really well, easy to understand. So I don't know if we'll ever see a sequel for Smile. No, it doesn't need a sequel. Doesn't it need doesn't any, need one, no but like, do you think no. they'd make one? No, no. Because no. the ring didn't need a sequel either. <laughs> yeah, they got a bunch of those. It follows didn't have a sequel, and those are the that two one. Movies. It follows, and those are For the those two you movies. Unaware that that movie is amazing. <laughs> the ring and it follows were the two movies that were compared to smile not just for the jump scares but for the whole setup the whole plot of it it's you're dealing with something that transfers to another person right uh an evil entity once you get caught in it it's just a matter of time before you get caught in it it's almost a death sentence and then the idea that it has to pass on yeah is terrifying and we learn in the movie that there's there's an option to get out, but it's not really worth it. Hmm. So, um, I did like that they added that. Uh, you always need a way out, as John B likes to say. But I be- do. Before we I get there, before we get <laughs> there, right? The because of the overwhelmingly positive reviews of this movie and test screening. It was set to debut on Paramount Plus, but because of those reviews, they decided to put it on theaters. Smart move. I, I think that's a nice move. I don't know the box office at the moment, but I think that this, this movie is worth going to the theaters to see. Especially in October. $137 million. Mm, $137 million. What's the budget? $17 million. Okay, well then, yeah. 
pretty I'm, much. I'm bathing in that profit. I want that roaring, one. roaring success. <laughs> I should have been in that movie. We should have. It's not it. even done making money. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just gonna make more and more. But yeah, um, since we're on the subject of Paramount Plus. They clearly are going in the right direction with the horror genre. So why not? You don't have to do it now, Paramount Plus, but just remake Are You Afraid of the Dark? And have to compete with the Midnight Club? That's, I don't, you don't think do so. It. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> Archive 82, Paramount Plus. You heard it. Let's do this. Yeah. 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 That's right. We brought it up again. <laughs> We're not going to stop. I saw your comment so to stop bringing it up all the time. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> can't be silenced I need this show to come back Archive 82 2023 <laughs> The comments are from our significant others Would you shut up about that show? <laughs> no Please No stop We it. will not All, right? <laughs> All we do is talk about it I'm so sick of it I didn't even watch show. it What do you mean you didn't watch? <laughs> Go wild yeah. Anyway, smile Smile's yes. great Alright, so We got into A psychiatrist named Dr. Rose Cotter and she is first we're introduced to a someone who's just constantly saying everybody's gonna die I'm gonna die you're gonna die she's gonna die everybody's gonna die and he's getting treated like he's Dr. Rose is commented that this is he's in a worse part of this it's not the first time he's gone through this but it's particularly worse than usual so she starts talking to him they admit him and she gets a call for another patient laura weaver that first patient she sees is an interesting guy i saw him a lot of the promotional material Mm -hmm. and he i thought he was going to be a lot more used than he ended up being used. And the same goes for the patient she's about to see. I thought they were going to be like 50% of the movie. Hmm. Uh, me too. But no. the Laura just witnessed her professor commit suicide. Uh, now, now that I say that. Recently. Mm-hmm. Now that I say that. This movie does talk and depict suicide a lot so if that's triggering for you do not watch this movie read it though or anything the, um, the movie itself is a the whole theme is trauma and like all the symbolism points to just being shared trauma so if that kind of thing bothers you don't don't watch it and we are also going to talk about this a lot so because <laughs> it's Keep one that of in the- mind it's one of the main themes. It kind of, it's kind of unavoidable. But mm-hmm. Laura just witnessed her professor commit suicide. And she's under watch because she's flipping out. Yeah, She is panicking. She's seeing things or at least seemingly seeing things. She's talking like she might be a danger to herself. Yeah, she Or she needs to see an emergency session with Rose. This happened like almost four to seven days prior. And she's at her worst state. And everybody says the same thing. She she watched her professor commit suicide. You're not going to be in a good mental state. And 
she's rocking back and forth. She's biting her nails. She's anxious. She can't sit still. And when she's talking to to Dr. Rose, who Dr. Rose is just having a conversation with her. It it's your it's a psychiatrist conversation. Like tell, talk to me about it. What happened? Everything you went through, it's normal for you to feel this way. It's okay. You're in a safe spot. You can talk about anything. What Laura chooses to talk about is that something is following her. She sees people smiling at her that no one else can see. And they're telling her that she's going to die. And Dr. Rose is like, okay, they're smiling at you. But Laura's like, look, I know it sounds fucking crazy, but you have to believe me. I'm not crazy. (laughs) It's happening. And (laughs) Laura, uh, like Dr. Rose tries to bring it back to the suicide. And Laura's like, dude, you're not listening to me. You're not listening to anything what I'm saying. I'm going to die. This thing is going to kill me. And she stops talking. She looks off screen. Dr. Rose looks behind her. Doesn't see anything. And Laura just freaks out. She she jumps off her chair. She starts moving backwards. She starts convulsing. Like she's getting choked. Her mouth opens up wider. And Dr. Rose looks around. Because she's looking at a certain, Laura's looking at a certain direction and she wants to see what's going on. When Dr. Rose turns her back around, Laura's not there. And I think at this point, Dr. Rose went to go pick up the phone, correct? Yeah, she went to go pick up the phone. And as she turned around, mm-hmm. she found her. So she was calling to. Uh, calling the orderly or or whoever, somebody to come in and handle the situation because Laura is, you're supposed to do that. She's almost like uh, she's having a seizure. Surprised no one just ran in. Usually these things are monitored. Yeah. But when Dr. Rose turned around, Laura's not there. She made the call, turns around again, and Laura's there. And Laura's just smiling. As she Rose is like, damn, what job well done. Look at that. <laughs> we did it. Yeah. No, she just needs to go. Look at you. Look at you smiling. Is there a nudge on the chin? <laughs> but Laura has a piece of something sharp. It's not glass, but it's definitely something sharp. I think it's her mug or something. Something fell and she picked it up. Yeah, you might be right. But she puts it to her throat. And we get a Chelsea smile, which is from one end of the neck all the way to the other. She cuts, slits her throat, not reacting, smiling the whole time, not breaking eye contact with Dr. Rose. Dr. Rose um, is, is begging her to stop. Don't do it. She starts screaming for help. And... The they come in to to hold her down. She's still smiling in her death, but she's gone. 
and the next thing we see is Dr. Rose. She's talking with um, Cal Penn or Dr. Morgan, <laughs> her boss. Yeah. And, uh, something to note about Rose. All right. Mm-hmm. Rose, she's an actress called Susie Bacon. Guess who her dad is? Is it Kevin Bacon? It's Kevin Bacon. This is <laughs> Kevin Bacon's daughter. Oh my gosh. There's like that game, I can't remember the name of it, but something degrees of Kevin Bacon. This this one's really easy. You never heard of that? What? It's like some game that people play where they pick an actor and then they try to see how they can connect that actor to, to Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Bacon. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like it ends up working more times than it doesn't. <laughs> but this is the world's shortest one. It's like, oh, that's a daughter. I didn't know that throughout the entire movie. I'm just seeing that fact now. And I, I thought it was interesting because I was like, wait, Susie Bacon, psh, what's her dad? Kevin Bacon? And then it was. So. Kevin Bacon, he did something we're supposed to watch, no? Uh, yes. Black Phone. Yes, Black Phone. Damn. They're just. The family's just getting up the horror genre, horror market, and so Kevin Bacon was was just in a Marvel property. He's going great this year. And 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 Doctor Rose or Sosie Bacon is uh, known for her uh, role in Thirteen Reasons Why. She was also in the the Scream TV show. Man, who'd she play in Thirteen Reasons Why? Oh, is that her? She looks a lot older now. I mean, how long ago was that? 13 reasons why I have no idea. It could have been 20 years. <laughs> Sky Miller. Yeah, think... That was four that was four or five years ago. Sky, yeah, she played Sky. She played like a high schooler, but now like she plays like a 30 something year old and it works both roles. She's she's very diverse. Yeah. <laughs> or that makeup department's good at making her look old. Not the to... her. Not that she looks bad. I'm just saying. Not the She looked like age. a professional. I don't know her age. Not to throw her age out there, but she was uh, born in 92, March 15. Yeah, it's old. <laughs> That's ancient. <laughs> so, so Rose gets put on mandatory leave. Take time. You've been working 80-hour weeks. That's not mm-hmm. physically possible. Take time to rest. Take time to rest. Now, this is one of those shows or movies where, just like Nighthouse, just like Hereditary, the the main character is this woman takes the bulk of this entire movie because the movie is essentially about her. They threw a problem at her, and she has to realize there's a problem, confirm it, and try to deal with it and solve it yeah the most interesting part of this movie is seeing her become the patient that we just described to you guys that she lost mm-hmm. to see her become the person who is saying i'm not crazy believe me and getting the response she would give yeah and it's not a fun ride for dr rose no. because but it, it's just interesting to put a like a therapist in that position yeah and 
we didn't touch about it, but in the beginning of the movie, we see, um, presumed to be Doctor Rose as a child, l- look at her mother. Oh my gosh, her mother! Just, just lifeless body on her bed. And this is important because this comes into play later. Like we mentioned, the whole thing's about trauma. That's her most traumatic experience. Yeah, and we we uh we learned throughout the whole movie that like her mother was the one who committed suicide. Let's talk about let's talk about the people in her life. All right, <laughs> we got her work slash home life. Okay, she has Cal Penn as her boss. Mm-hmm. Awesome, great. He's a good boss. It seems. Coming fresh off of the Doctor House show, and he's got a job here. <laughs> Nothing in between. You remember that? Remember Doctor House? No, everybody. No. Okay. Oh, I mean, well, it came out years ago. And he was also in Harold and Kumar one, two, and three. Yeah, but he's he's moved past that. <laughs> he went to the White House. He worked under Barack Obama. And he was in Van Wilder, and the sequel to Van Wilder. There's a sequel to Van Wilder that didn't have Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. That's horrible. Impossible. He had to have at least been in the movie as like the principal. No? No. He took kind of took Van Wilder's place. I don't like it. Yeah, it was whatever. Um, But yeah, she has him as the boss. She has A-Train from the boys as a fiance. Mm -hmm. So you know it's not... And then the good's gonna come from that. We don't talk about the boys on this podcast. But I have a vendetta against A Train <laughs> as a character. Cause in the comic too, I'm just like, why is this man alive? Why is any of them like <laughs> They're all terrible people yeah. in the boys. But A Train in particular, I just that scene always I'm not gonna ruin the boys. If you've never seen the boys, go watch it. But A Train gets let off so easy for the stuff he does. Yes. And then seeing him here, I'm just like, I don't trust him. This yeah. guy's up to no good. But then, you know, he's actually a pretty good husband. Until <laughs> later. <laughs> well, so he comes off as a as a decent human being, a decent husband. He sees... So he's <laughs> Dr. Rose um, ex clearly experiences some kind of trauma because and let's we need to talk about this the shots the camera angles we see and her in the first scene she's back at her house she pours herself some wine she pours pours herself some wine and as she's scanning the room because something's not right the camera gives her her point of view and it slowly slowly tilts to reveal Laura Reaver standing in the dark corner who's Laura Reaver? the patient that she just lost (laughs) yeah (laughs) they do a lot of that they do a lot of the tilt reveals they do a lot of Dutch tilts they do all the classic cool horror Something's wrong, and I need to show the audience. Yes, if we see a dark room, we're probably gonna get a slow zoom or movement in 
to that room instead oh, of just yeah. another just like oh okay let's go into the room no it's going to they're gonna take your anxiety your patience and they're gonna fuck around with it so much that you have no choice but to grip whatever seat you're in until you finally get through the scene yeah that is part of the charm of most horror movies you don't know when the jump stairs scares are gonna come so you have to just live on the edge don't <laughs> blink don't get scared if you look away sure you'll be safe but then you'll miss it yes and, and that's that's kind of what you felt in this movie and i think that's what we've been missing a lot from modern stuff but it's uh, done so well in my opinion oh yeah it, it was done really well they really they knew how to play with play with your anxiety they knew how to play with all of that you had no choice never, <laughs> i don't i think i was rarely able to be like i think maybe one time i was like all right the jump scares come the most of them were done in a way that I couldn't predict, but I was always waiting for it. The only one I caught was a jump scare that involves Rose's family member, her sister, who we haven't talked about. Oh, man. Well, she that, sucks. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people suck in this movie. Everybody pretty much sucks. Name somebody who doesn't suck. Rose sucks a little bit. Yeah. Everybody sucks. Really? But Joel, yeah, Joel sucks. Joel's sorry. Right. I mean, he didn't do anything bad, but you know, he must have done something. Yeah. And Joel, I think Joel is the only one who like hasn't shown himself to have a bad side. <laughs> yeah, he kind of does. Why does he show himself? Like, what does he do? I mean, he Joel is her ex-husband, by the way. Ex-husband or ex-boyfriend? Man, I don't know. I just <laughs> assumed. X? It just says X? Yeah. Cause, uh, well, because like, he's a cop, right? What yeah. kind of cop doesn't have an ex-wife? I just assume <laughs> he has the ex-wife. Because that's the trope I see in movies and TV shows. Um, fair enough. But I thought uh, A-Train, or Trevor, in this movie, was mm-hmm. her husband. It's actually her fiancé. Oh yeah, it is. It's, it, I remember that I remember aspect thinking, of it. I remember when it, it, like, if I watch this movie again, I'm sure a lot of those details won't go over my head, and I'll understand everything. But let me tell you, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to commit things to memory when your when your heart's beating pretty quickly. <laughs> let me ask you this: Are you Team Joel or Team A Train? Depending on how you answer this, I'm leaving. <laughs> The TV trade. No. I'm out of here. Neither. Good night, everybody. Neither. 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 I like Joel. Joel's fine. No. He was there for you. Joel's cool. Whatever. Um and who is Joel, by the way? Joel's a cop. The cop yeah. who uh talked to because after the suicide happened with Laura Weaver, um the of course they have to talk to Dr. Rose and tell like go moment by moment scene by scene of what happened and they have to be like okay they have to suspect foul play because that's what detectives do they have to assume every angle and they try to get the truth out of it by playing that little devil's advocate so that's what they were doing Joel was a good he's like why'd you kill her (laughs) and he's like Joel you know me (laughs) this isn't a murder investigation but Joel why did you kill it it becomes clear that that uh, 
Dr. Rose knows Joel because afterwards when they talk to each other, they're like, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I just reacted to, I got the call and I came in. And she's like, yeah, but you know where I work. Yeah, I was like, yeah, but I didn't know it was going to be with you. So it sounds like they didn't have a the best of breakups. No, they did not. So, But she's got a new beau, and his name is Trevor. That's her fiancé. He walked in on her breaking, dropping a glass, her wine glass, because she freaked out because of uh, Laura's smile. He comforts her, holds her, says everything's going to be okay. He's home, not to worry. And they go out to dinner. He suggests they they, um, cancel, but they can't cancel because Rose's sister, Holly, is not the best person to deal with. (laughs) So. Hmm. And they discuss... Over dinner, this is where we got more lore. Uh, Rose and Holly's mom committed suicide. She wasn't the best person to deal with. And we learned later on that Rose's mom uh, actually was dealing with whatever whatever she was dealing with. She was dealing with it and taking it on the kids to the point where Holly left and Rose had to deal with it on her own as a 10-year-old child. And, and there is some resentment on both sides for this whole thing. Holly resents the person she has become, and so do I. I hate Holly. <laughs> She's so superficial and horrible. Mm-hmm. She's all about appearances. She married. Oh my god! I don't know. She married this guy. I, I I do not care for. I don't even know his name. All he did was not help. Yeah. He's just Mister Unhelpful. I hate that guy. <laughs> Their kid's cute and all, but I, uh, I hate these characters. It, there's a lot of selfish characters here. And that selfishness is a theme, right? Or maybe well, it's just coincidence. Well, trauma is a big theme, but like trauma has affected her in a way where she is very selfish. She's very about me. Mm-hmm. That's how trauma changed Holly. She's just like, my life is key, center, everyone else's is whatever. My feelings matter more. And her husband's the same way, and that's why they found each other. And they're not the most giving people. They don't invest emotionally in Rose and how she's doing and how she's feeling. It's more about, hey, come over to the family events to see how good we're doing. Yeah, it really was. Like, hey, I can't make it to your son's birthday party. I'm dealing with some stuff. Oh, but you like, I have to work. You have to work on a Saturday? Yeah, I'm a doctor. I'm a psychiatrist. Who works in a hospital. Do you think like sick people just take a day off on Saturday? Like this lady's insufferable. I didn't even She probably didn't even know what Rose does for a living. <laughs> no. She's she probably didn't. like, You she work on comment. Saturday. You a liar. She she makes a comment on her, her job. She doesn't like it. But Trevor was there to you know, be with her and and like Trevor was around. He talked her up. He was like, "Yeah, if she could be a doctor for free, she would." You know, that's the kind of person she is. And this baffles Holly and her husband because they're like, "What? A job not for money and status? That's stupid." 
they literally looked dumbfounded when Trevor said that. <laughs> it just shows how shallow they are. Yeah. But I hate them. <laughs> and they're stupid kid too. I don't even like the kid. That's right, I said it. <laughs> he smells. And he wears So this is where dumb clothes that they gave him. Hmm? So that was our lore for that. Now we got we learn a little bit more about Rose. And uh what follows next though? So something's bothering. Something's really bothering Dr. Rose. Something's in the way. Ooh. She is listening to her Something session. With... Sorry? She's listening to her uh, session with uh, Laura. Why is Laura haunting her? Is it really in her mind? What's going on? And as she's listening closer and closer... She hears something, but there's no audio. There's nothing really in the audio to signify that there's something else. So she puts the volume all the way, and she's getting her head closer and closer. And eventually we get that jump scare where Laura screams at her next to her. One of the better ones. And then she runs, grabs a knife, and AJ comes down, sliding down in his socks and boxers. And he's like, what happened? I think you call him A-Tray. Yeah. I like how his, his name is A-Tray, okay, everybody? <laughs> He's what says he is. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and this is how we start getting the, the scent, right? Now it doesn't look like something's haunting Dr. Rose, except to us, the audience. It just looks like she's starting to get unhitched. And it's you- weird how we never even consider, like, I didn't even think for a second, hey, she's going crazy. Right. And they definitely could have played this movie to be like, this is the psychologist who has a downturn, who yeah. becomes a crazy person. And it'll be ambiguous whether or not she's seeing real ghosts or if this is just her psychosis. Right. But they didn't go that route. It's just, I think this movie could have very easily been that. And you get the different, like, like um, people in your life that will treat you after going through something so traumatic. Trevor, what he does is he he doesn't trivialize it. He doesn't trivialize it, but he does like like you have this is the answer to the problem when you're not using it, right? You should see a psychologist. You should talk to somebody. You should um do all these things because you are sick right now and you're not taking care of yourself and it, to the point where it's always like why should I even bother if you if I why should I help you if you can't help you which she just went through a traumatic event and he knows because they talk about work hmm. you got Holly who is just more into what's going on in her life right she had made a you- comment if you're a problem, Holly cuts you out. Yeah, because that's I hate that negative. I just you you always you always know that person. Yeah, like when as as Rose descends further and further into everything that's going on, when the smile monster is more prominent in her in her day to day, Holly just like you're you're starting to sound like mom, and they both like stare at each other as like you fucking said that believe she said that (laughs) then you get joel the cop who just wants to help her but there's that lingering 
where X is he really doing it to help her or is he just found his way in through a traumatic event you know what I mean and like why did they break up maybe he's not as nice as he seems mm-hmm. that was going through your head throughout the whole movie but it did end up seeming like Joel was just the real deal I mean he so I don't want to say he's still in love with her but because we didn't see that relationship maybe he idolized her or whatever but he Mm -hmm. did come off like i know you better than you know yourself kind of thing without saying it you didn't really like express it but i mean in my head they were married so (laughs) you get to know your partner pretty well and uh and then you get you know who he knows her better than a train (laughs) i guys know her from like you know <laughs> another woman on the street he doesn't even know who she is that's funny um dr he always morgan a though mm-hmm. dr morgan her boss calpin he oh right i didn't i had no idea who you're talking i thought you meant the psychologist for saying <laughs> he he recognized it mm-hmm. he knew he knew something was not right and he akins it to the traumatic experience nothing more but but that's uh, what she would have done right because that's what she did right but he did it so he treated her how she would treat her patient so that's another division and then we get the The taste of your own medicine doctor (laughs) and then we get the last one which is her personal psychologist uh dr madeline madeline close to morgan so Dr. She Mad- was cool. Yeah. I've seen her in what was it? Jessica Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Jessica Jones has this lawyer played by Trinity from the Matrix, mm-hmm. whose name I should know, but I don't remember. And Trinity from the Matrix had like a a girlfriend or a, a wife or something. And I think that was her character. She played the ex-girlfriend or the ex-wife of this lady. She did a great job, and it was horrifying what ends up happening to her and everybody in that season because of the purple man. You know what else she was in? What? Castle Rock. Bruh. (laughs) Don't even get me started on Castle Rock. If you guys have five hours, I'll get started on Castle Rock. But you know what? (laughs) You don't. Not today. I'll get started later. You think I'm mad about Archive 82? Don't even get me started about Castle Rock. It's true. It's true. Still writing Hulu to this day. <laughs> they, in fact, started new projects. <laughs> they sold the rights to Castle Rock. <laughs> I even, I hope they sell it someday. I just I want to see more of that show. Yeah, good... And Lizzie Kaplan does not get enough credit for her role in season two. Guys, think... watch Castle Rock. I don't think Lizzie Kaplan gets enough credit for anything. That's... <laughs> Also true. She's so underrated. And she does such great work. Hmm. But yeah, her personal psychologist, psychiatrist, that she goes off to see, and she does a pretty good job. Um, Dr. Rose does not get into details of what's going on, but she does say that she is going through something and she would like some pills to suppress it, right? Just like similar to whatever trauma she was going through with her mom's suicide, she 
one of those same. Maybe this was same the only. Pills, but. This interaction, I know she's in a bad place, mm-hmm. but being what she is, a therapist, I thought she'd know a better way of approaching getting these kind of drugs or like mm-hmm. presenting yourself in a way that would get you the medication. And she didn't, thankfully. She she did it in the worst way. The like I'm guaranteed not to get a prescription kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, those those to me were the close people in her life, right? Yeah. Those are all the key players. Um I mean we could mention her nephew, but after the events of his little birthday, I don't think they're gonna be close anymore. So then it's time we should talk about the small monster. As an entity, as a big bad guy. Yeah. He is the antagonist. They. It. Them. <laughs> um. Because there's multiple smile creatures. I, yes. Well, I guess it's one creature. I, I I would go with them, or they, or it. It is one. It is one entity, as far as we know. But mm-hmm. that just transfers. It's a skin to- changer. Like it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It wears people's skins. And it's throughout time, throughout time. And first, so it, as the audience, we kind of figure this out early on. But as the movie goes on, Dr. Rose thankfully finds a connection. As we mentioned before, Laura smiling killed herself. She mentioned, Laura had mentioned that her. Her professor smiled while he was killing himself. And then now Dr. Rose is seeing it. So she's seeing a pattern. So she's tried, she goes to the, uh, the professor's house, meets her widow. Widow, If you watch Scrubs, is played by, um, oh, shit, I forget her name. <laughs> uh, Judy Reyes. Yeah. Who is Carla. on Scrubs? Carla. Carla, yeah. You mean, mean man, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you put me there. You put me there. And who is she married to in Scrubs? Turk, Dr. Turk. Yeah, you know you know Dr. Turk's name, huh? You're damn right I do. <laughs> her name's Carla Turk. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know if she changed her name, actually. Probably know. didn't. But she plays the widow of doc of uh, professor munoz and dr rose moonlights us not moonlights but pretend she's a a reporter asking about the situation she goes up the stairs mm-hmm. and victoria munoz shows all the artwork that Professor Munoz has been working on. And let me tell you, I feel like these are all original designs or possible designs for the smile entity, the smile monster, because that was some creepy shit. I don't know how this dude got away with drawing these drawings for seven days. What an artist. Yeah. And it's just creepy like you have to see it's like a clown smiling of course yeah regular imagine, smiles. imagine all of this it's... thing haunting you and you're just like i'm so productive i'm gonna grab my easel and my paper and my paint 
and I'm just going to paint this ghost that's haunting me. And all of it's done in black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's like a one with just like a crooked smile. The entire thing is is sh- uh, is colored in black, oh. except the smile. I'm picturing like a Mr. Rogers type, or not Mr. Rogers, uh, you know, the Afro guy. Oh. Jeff. Jeff? Something. No. Not Jeff. Something Ross. Yeah. Yes. You know the guy. Yeah. Bill Ross. Bob Ross. Bill Bob Ross. Ross. Bob, Bob Ross. Ross. We <laughs> got there. We got there, everybody. That's right. We're great. Six with names. degrees of Bob Ross. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bob Ross painting his little ghost and being like, that's a nice smile you got there. Yeah. We capture it right here. I, I bet his plan was just to make the ghost feel bad. And it did. <laughs> it still killed him, but it felt bad about it. And then. So we get more lore from this whole interaction. This monster uh, invaded Professor Munoz's life. He f- openly talked about it with his with um, with his wife, Carla, mm-hmm. and he and you know they did everything they could. But he would wake up in the middle of the night. Sometimes he would stop sleeping just to f- get ahead of the monster, and it didn't stop anything. It just made him more uneasy, more insane, and then one day he killed himself. And she has her doubts. His wife has her doubts because there's no way that, like, like he was trying to survive this. And he wouldn't go out that way, just smiling, right? Nah. So, um, this is when Dr. Rose breaks. And Rose breaks a lot, I've noticed. She gets so anxious. It's like, I would have it to if you just try to bottle up your emotions to the point where you just you just explode out and you just start saying things that you have no control over because you're so stressed out, so anxious, so angry, all those emotions, all those quote unquote negative emotions that you don't mm-hmm. learn how to deal with properly. You just bottle it up and you just spew it. It stems from like her past trauma she didn't really deal with. But it's also living on that level of adrenaline because she knows she's being haunted and constantly jump scared by this evil entity. (laughs) It's going to make you less patient. It's going to make you lash out at things that you normally would have more time for and process and ease into, especially a therapist, Mm -hmm. I would hope. Um, But she doesn't have time for that. She's on the edge of her seat. She's her blood is. Filled with adrenaline right now. Yeah. It's going straight through her heart. She's going crazy. And she tells um, Mrs. Munoz that she's going through that too. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Munoz's reaction to that was not happy. It's like, you're not a reporter. Get the fuck out of my house. Get the fuck out of my house right now. Damn. It's just harsh. But before she left, before this interaction happened, the where Mrs. Munoz kicked her out. Mrs. Munoz gave another important piece of information. Dr. Munoz witnessed somebody kill themselves at the convention that he was at. So now we have another piece to the string. It's crazy. (laughs) Oh, man. That's so good. Another thing... um... At a certain point, she buddies up with Joel, and Joel doesn't help her realize that the big string of deaths, Mm -hmm. like you mentioned, are linked to 
somebody witnessing a suicide having a similar report that they were smiling Mm -hmm. complaining about it and then killing themselves and so on and so on i was waiting for there to be some kind of big government interference or something or cover-up because it is very obvious on paper that there's a pattern Mm -hmm. so i would think that there'd be like at least an old cop at the department who's like yeah i've been i've been this is my white whale. I'm just chasing this one down before I retire. And that's something thing, like that. That's the thing with suicide. You can't pin it to anybody else but that person. But that pattern. Yeah. That pattern. There's definitely a pattern. But you're right. The the suicide aspect would make it like a cold case. Yeah. And Joel even remarks like, dude, did you stumble onto like a, a cult? Mm-hmm. Like is this a, like a blood pact or a cult? Is this something that that we're not knowing about? But no. Mr. Uh, Professor Munoz was not part of it. Neither was Laura. It's not some crazy conspiracy. No one's in a cult or anything like that. It's just a, an entity that's going person by person. And Joel found out it goes back to years except one person. One person that saw suicide, experienced the same things, didn't didn't have to deal with it anymore and then it transferred to somebody else so naturally their first thing to do is to go over to that person and talk to them and he's he tells them because she <laughs> he's like i don't want to they go and they meet um robert tally who's mm. in prison and he doesn't want to talk to anybody. Everybody proceeds uh, perceives him as like too too much to handle. And when Doctor Rose and him have a sit down, have a discussion, he's like, "I will tell you everything you need to know, but I don't want Joel here." So Joel's like, "Fine." He walks out. Speaking of Jessica Jones earlier, this guy was in that show. Yeah, he was in that show and Daredevil. He was pretty much. The Netflix MCU's, you remember that before that died? The Netflix MCU's reoccurring character in each season. He was like the villain guy, or like not villain, but the criminal who would always be doing criminal stuff hmm. and like getting arrested and then getting back out in the streets. And you'd see him in the next show. You started to look forward to seeing him. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't because he was introduced as part of the trafficking ring and i was like i hate mm, this guy yeah. right away but but they they tried to pivot that and be like ah no he's just steals don't worry about <laughs> it but i remember so anyway he's playing a completely different character now i just thought it was interesting they're pulling a lot from that tv series yeah. those actors yeah he's playing a different character he well he's in jail and <laughs> yeah but he's not he's arguably better yes because he's in jail for murder he's in jail for murder and that's the secret he figured it out. This happened to some guy. The same thing happened to somebody in Brazil, and he, because he did his research and he learned, that person killed him, killed somebody, and then he was free from the curse. But it just all it did was pass it on to somebody else, and then he killed somebody. Robert Talley killed somebody, and it, the person, the first person on the scene, was his wife, the person who killed. The person he killed's wife, and it got transferred to her, and she passed it on. But Robert Tiley was fine. Was it worth it? What? By the looks of him, no. 
he's in jail. And the moment he figures out that Dr. Rose has it, he also yells at her and kicks her out of the prison. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Why would you bring that shit near me? Why would you bring that thing near me? Get the fuck away from me. And As he should. He went to he ruined not just his life, but others' lives to get rid of that thing. And you brought it right back to his face. Yeah. So, yeah, he killed an innocent man. So now we have... Now we have, the, as far as we know, the solution. Mm-hmm. As far as we know, and I love that. I love that they they introduce the way out. Sure, it's not easy, not a nice way out, but there is a way out, and that's all I really ask for with these kind of movies. Now, in the middle of this movie, we got the perfect question: She can she has a way out, but can she do it? Can she kill somebody? Now. She was in a prison. She knew Joel, and uh, she works with uh, at a hospital. Hmm. You would think that maybe she'd figure something out, right? Like maybe kill somebody that was going to be on death row anyway. Maybe. I thought that too. I thought she was going to look up the most messed up psychological profile of like a true villain. Yeah. A sociopathic killer, a Hannibal Lecter type. <laughs> but she did but it. She does not. She looks up sad, sad person. Yeah, she is desperate. She's not thinking clearly. She's not even sleeping. Who would? How would you sleep? Yeah. She doesn't even have a train. By the way, a train. Like I don't. I think he just up and left. Oh, we'll get into that in a second. He but... ran away. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is this is what's going on this is one of the many points that the we think that whenever Rose has some kind of control or one of a one up on somebody we learn that the monster has just laughing at her he's in control that's mm. scary shit this monster is in control the entire time he as we go through this movie, right, mm-hmm. we're introduced to Dr. Rose's personal therapist, Dr. Madeline. Trevor tries to kind of, quote unquote, ambush her and have a conversation with her because something happened at Holly's son's birthday party, which is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Can't, we can't overlook the scene. And the towards like the middle of the movie, Doctor Rose is going like looking in the mirror. She's, she's before trying, before she realizes fully what's happening to her. She is trying to put on a perfect smile in the mirror, but you could tell she's shaking. She can't cont- keep straight. But she's like, she shows up at the party, all smiles, everything's beautiful, right? I like to think this is a play on um, the old way of dealing with these negative emotions is just smile bury them yeah just smile if you have to do just smile it'll activate the the endorphins, endorphins. and everything will go flow just smile you know you look i mean you look some of that works but it, it is no it is horrible oh my god well throwing <laughs> in that line at the end there rip that just kills everything <laughs> you look better that way yeah, shut up right okay <laughs> so <laughs> Um, 
as she tries to give her her best face. Holly told her her son loves trains, so she went and she bought a train for this kid and she wrapped it. We all saw it. We all saw her do it. When it came time for the boy to open up the present, mm-hmm. he doesn't get a train. No, he gets a brand new kitty. Oh, but it's not brand new, is it? It's a brand new dead no. kitty. Yes. It's a shelter cat. It's old. <laughs> Just kidding. It's her cat. Yes. In the beginning, like the Rose lost her damn cat and she couldn't find it. That darn cat escaped. And it's revealed that either she or the entity, not sure which. Had to be the entity. Yeah, the entity had to do it. But acting through her? No. We so never really see it do anything. Right. It doesn't. Unless it was through somebody else. It doesn't interact in the physical world except through rose so this is what this whole cat thing was throwing me through a loop because i was like i don't know it does what's happening it she does doesn't lose mess, time but she she it messes her psych- psychologically and makes her think mm-hmm. she sees things we, we learned that part so is it could have been she killed the cat thinking it was something else maybe in one of her many fits where she's like oh get the fuck away from me and she stabs like laura but it, you know nothing's mm-hmm. there but it actually was a cat and then it makes her think that she's wrapping up a train, but she's wrapping up the dead cat. Mm. Uh, and that that should have made her. I think that made her more afraid to be around anybody. Yeah, because she's not in control of what she does. Yeah. And, and I think the smart way to beat this thing, if you're not gonna, if you're gonna take the heroic path. And not even consider the death option of killing somebody. Uh, seclude yourself mm-hmm. for longer than seven days. Book a remote trip and just hang out on a island with no one else for a couple of days and some supplies. What's it gonna do? Scare you? <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna kill you. It's, it needs to move on somehow. Well, and if it does kill you, then you know, problem solved. Nobody else is gonna get it. I don't know. Some fish will get it. Yeah. <laughs> but how can he get there, right? Uh. So. So yes, uh, Holly's son was gifted a dead cat, and Rose just goes crying. She's begging everybody, please don't think I did this. I didn't do this. And as she's looking around the room, we just see everybody's shocked faces. Except for one person who's just there smiling. <laughs> and she's like, do you not see that person? Please tell me somebody's seeing this person. And it's just smiling. And that makes her sound extra crazy. Because everyone's like, she just gave him a dead cat. And she's seeing shit. And Trevor was not happy with this. That's why the ambush happened. He, mm-hmm. he, Yo, you killed a cat and gifted it to your, mm-hmm. your nephew. That's also where the estrangement between her and Holly started. Because Holly's like, you can't be around my family anymore because there's a problem. (laughs) So Dr. Madeline tries to talk to her. She's not having it because she knows she's a psychiatrist herself. She knows the tricks. She knows what Dr. Madeline... And she's been seeing Dr. Madeline since she was young, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So because of all that's going on, Trevor just admits it that like hey it's like I'm doing everything I can to help you feel better and she's like no 
you're doing everything you can so you don't have to deal with this and that's a powerful statement because because it was true <laughs> it doesn't sound like, like oh shit trevor doesn't like to sound like trevor is actually listening to her and caring for her about what's going on he just sees that she's acting this way and he wants her to stop that's that's there's a difference between the two <laughs> so and he's really uh, not taking the right approaches to this and they pretty much kind of break up not confirmed they didn't say the words were done but she walks out and it seems like she's she's walking out for good because she doesn't want to deal mm-hmm. with this she needs solutions and he's bringing up prop so it's usually that's probably why she gravitated more toward Joel, because Joel is just trying to give solutions or help in some way. Yeah. He wasn't just trying to accuse or make her feel like crap. And later on, we see Dr. Madeline return. She knocks on the door to the house, and Rose has a bunch of like string of uh, string theory going on, the detective string about all the the suicides, because Joel gave her a bunch more information. This is before she mm-hmm. figures out about Robert Talley. And Dr. Madeline and her have a conversation. She apologizes for how everything went happened. Ambushing her was not the correct thing. They have a, they sit down. They they have a a talk. Uh, a session. Yeah. <laughs> and the phone rings. Dr. Madeline says, Don't worry, answer it. And then Dr. Rose answers it. And on the other line, it's Dr. Madeline. And Dr. Madeline is apologizing for the ambush earlier. And (laughs) says that was not the right way to deal with it. But she says that they need to get together and talk. And as this conversation is going on, all Rose could do. We we get a close-up of Rose's face. This is zooming in closer. The shock on her face. We're seeing it in real time. We don't see Dr. Madeline's face yet, but Ro- Dr. Rose can barely hold on to that phone. And then finally, we get Dr. Madeline's reaction. All Dr. Madeline does is stare at Rose and just give her a big smile. Holy shit. <laughs> that was a good, that was my favorite yes. jump scare. Um,. You could possibly call it as she's answering the phone, but prior to that moment, I was invested in the session. I thought it was going well, and there actually was nothing. I, it was a big waste. I called it. As soon as the phone rang, I was like, oh, fuck. Like I said. Be her on the other yeah, yeah. I could see that, too. That doesn't take away from the rang. scene. They, they filmed it mm-hmm. perfect. They just, yeah. you, you just focused on her reaction throughout when she just puts everything together and realizes what's in front of her. And we just get that. It's not a pan back and forth. It's just her. And then you're just I like, really, oh, fuck. In this movie, I could have used more background people smiling. And I don't think I noticed much of it. I, I If it was there, I missed it. Because I could have used that a lot. Like in It that I mentioned earlier. There is a great scene in a library where... Something messed up is happening to one of the kids in the library. And in the background, there's just this old lady. And she's not even in focus. She's blurry. But she's smiling at the camera. 
and it's super insidious and very eerie and easy to miss. And I kind of wanted that throughout the entire movie of Smile. <laughs> I swore I may be wrong. It may be just me looking too much into things or me, uh, you know, me getting traumatized myself. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Rose and Holly do have a heart to heart. They, Dr. Rose needs to apologize for everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Holly's not her fault. This is where we, Holly drops the line that she's acting like her mother. Dr. Rose snaps back with, well, you weren't there. How would you know? You left. And we get that silence. And then eventually, uh, they don't end on good ter- terms. But better terms than they were. Right. But Holly closes the door on Dr. Rose. And I swore in the reflection I saw uh, of the like the, the door window, mm-hmm. I saw somebody standing. And I saw Dr. Rose's reflection smiling. I might be wrong. I need to see that. I need to see that. Yeah, like, I want to see that YouTube video. It's not out yet. Yeah. It just has to be one where it's like all the smiles you didn't see in Smile. But this is the most iconic one because Dr. Rose does go back to her car, sit there, and then we see the door open. Holly comes out. She stands next to the car, takes a deep breath, and then we just see her head come down, swinging down. <laughs> elongated yeah. like Put it's that so, in the trailer and mm-hmm. just and her face is up that upside down smiling at, <laughs> at dr rose and she's just and she's fucking like, fuck, <gasps> fuck fuck stop <laughs> so yeah what a troll this thing gets to mess with you for seven days or four to seven days four to seven days that's the time period it's never a concrete right but it's like four to seven. It'll be seven if you don't try anything smart. It'll be four if you're trying to seclude yourself, then he'll just make it quick. Yeah. Um which I, I read a cool Reddit theory about that. That it uses yeah. the four to seven days to kinda scope out not just you and how to get you, but your but next who's... victim. Yeah. So That makes sense. Yeah, I like that theory. Like it's it's not just scoping you out, it's scoping out your next victim so that it can get a good target. It tried to use Trevor and it learned that that wasn't going to be a good one. It tried to use Holly and realized because of that strained relationship, it's not going to it's not going to be a good one. So who's but Joel, there's a spark there. <laughs> yeah, that might be a good target. And what was it in that interaction with Dr. Madeline when she realizes it's smiling back at her and it's in the house. It starts mm-hmm. walking towards her, corners her, grabs her by the face and to tell her, yeah, it's almost time. So not yet. And it makes sense. There's no, what's the point of killing her there and then? There's nobody around. That's what I'm saying. If she just secludes herself, she'll be safe. So in her maddening state, and we're finally here, she shows up with a knife at her psych ward or at the hospital. Mm. She goes, meets the guy who's saying that everybody dies. By the way, he also had a <laughs> had a, a scare, right? In the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie, 
when she's walking down she the smiles. halls, um, everybody's in the in the hospital bed except for this dude who's sitting up smiling. And as she's walking past him, she stops, and she comes back, and we just see this dude smiling at her, just saying that he's gonna that she's gonna die. But now she's back, and she's gonna go kill this guy. And she does. She takes out a knife and she stabs him. And then we get a like her reaction is that dude smiling, just looking at her. It's like you know, like yeah, do it, ha ha ha. And in reality, when we see Cal Penn jump in here with everybody else, he's like in pain and agony and all that stuff. And all she's seeing is just this guy smiling at her while she's stabbing him. But then she wakes up. She's in her car. She didn't even enter the hospital, but that was a huge scene that she hallucinated. So this cannot be good for her already crumbling mental state. She lost so much time there. Um, A lot of this, even if you want to go from the she's crazy angle, which nobody is, (laughs) but uh, a lot of this could be lack of sleep. She fell asleep in her car and imagined that whole thing. But more than likely, this was just another torment by or both. the smile, the grinner, the ghastly grinner. <laughs> and Dr. Kyle Penn shows up and tells her, like, what's she doing here? She says it's her day off. She should be, you know, doing day off things, recovering. And then she's like, no, you know what? I just want to pass by, but I'm going now. You're right. But he notices the knife in her car. And she's like, he's like, no, 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 you shouldn't be by yourself. You stay here. She's like, no, no, I'm not staying here. And then in a quick flash, we see the guy from the psych ward smiling at her, and it turns back into Kyle Penn, and she freaks out and she drives off. There's only one place she can go. She tells Joel. Joel's like, please don't do it. And she, and they had a messed up scene where Kyle Penn ripped his face off. You talked about that? No, I haven't. That's right. That was disgusting. I hated that. That was when... Uh, now, this was now. Oh, yeah. That was during her daydream scenario. Yeah. And one of the points, like, Cal Penn walks in and he just starts ripping off his face and it's like, ew. <laughs> All right, not even scary. I'm just saying, ew. <laughs> so it's she disgusting. goes to the one place she knows is secluded and away from everybody. She goes to hmm. the House and Barbarian in Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Great movie. Let's see that fight. The fucking barbarian. Man, that movie's good too. Did you see what I told you about yes. great horror movies lately? It's just and nothing we, but We didn't even watch six. We haven't watched Black Phone yet. And we haven't watched we haven't, We're going to. Yes. Okay. Men I think will probably disappoint us, but I still want to see it. I think if we watched it like when it came out, damn it. It's not our fault. We'd be hyped. <laughs> but uh what's the other one? I'm gonna watch the menu. Oh yeah, the menu. That looks fun. That looks super fun. Dude, somebody turn Hell's Kitchen into a horror movie. Okay. I need it. <laughs> yes, yes. Look forward to that review soon. I need to see the menu for you know some reason. Of Anna Taylor just, I'm just about it. <laughs> you know it's hmm? good if Anna Taylor Joy's in it. Yeah. And the and Fines, the guy who played Voldemort. <laughs> Main villain. Yes, chef. Um <laughs> and they sing happy birthday in the trailer. <laughs> so Dr. Rose mm-hmm. goes back to her old house, the, ch- the house she grew up in as a child, 
mm-hmm. her and Holly sometimes. Yeah. And they had, there was a, this was a conversation in the beginning of the movie. The house is secluded. It's it was left to Doctor Rose. They could do anything to it. She could renovate it. She could tear it down. Holly doesn't care. Sell the land. Mm-hmm. But it needs something needs to happen. It can't just stay there because it's just a monument to their tortured upbringing. And Holly, I mean, Doctor Rose was just not about it. But she's back. She's here. As she's walking throughout the house. Lights don't work. Of course. Hallways are dark. Of course. And she's walking through. She goes into her room. She goes into another room. She goes into her mom's room. And that's where her trauma Yes. And this is where we get the flashback. On the night that her mother overdosed, her mother was actually cognizant and aware. And asking for help. She asked Dr. Rose for help, a 10-year-old Dr. Rose for help. And Rose looked back at her and told her no. She's like... Because she doesn't know what to do. She's 10. Right. But... She says the words, you're just going to keep doing this or something similar to that. You're just going to keep acting this way. So she's scared of the situation. She doesn't know what to do and she runs away. And when she comes back, we get the first scene of the movie is when she sees that her mom OD'd. She had the chance to save her. And as a 10 year old child, there's only so much you can do. And She's been holding on to that because I don't think she's told anybody. She may have told Dr. Madeline. I don't think so. But everybody that she's talked to um, refers to that overdose as suicide. And it was, in a way. Yeah. She did that to herself. She did do that to herself. She Not called it a purpose. mistake. She called it a mm-hmm. mistake. You're right. It wasn't on yeah. purpose. But do you think do you think she took enough like oh I'm going to end it and then as it was happening she thought it was a mistake or did she take too much by accident That's a good point cuz I've heard stories would... like that where people who get off it and are sober for a little bit and decide to get back on it try to do the same amount they that, can't handle that and they can't handle that yet cuz she said she made a mistake and it could be what your interpretation of what you were saying just now, or it could be just like she took too much without she, realizing it, or she had a relapse and you know anyway. fell into that trap. But the point is, she did it. She touched those drugs, and a ten-year-old Rose was not about it. She didn't know how to react, and eventually, the she grabs a kerosene lamp. Because no mm-hmm. no flashlights work. Nothing works. Nothing. Everything's done. And she has the kerosene lamp. And she has the face-to-face conversation with the smiling monster as her mom. Now, I feel like this is the one good thing he did. Because he gave her closure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they have that conversation. And then eventually, 
Uh, it transforms into a huge monster. Into Mrs. Fuji. <laughs> so did you talk to my publisher? <laughs> it grows elongated arms and legs and scary facial features very similar to Mrs. Fuji. Yeah. Except Mrs. Fuji from Junji Ito, in case you haven't seen that. Yeah. Um, but we have covered it, so check that out. It's just this big, otherworldly, extra long-armed and legged monster with a horrifying face. Looks like something straight out of Resident Evil. Like, it can't stand up fully because its shoulders and back and neck is up against the roof. That's how tall it is. Mm-hmm. It has to duck down underneath to go through doors, which it does. And naturally, it also has a crazy smile. Of course. And so... It starts taunting Dr. Rose, pretending to be its mother, saying these things. But Dr. Rose fights back, says it knows it, it was she was just a child. That's not her mother. It's going to def- it's going to get through this just like it's going to get through um, the, the trauma with her mother. Use the kerosene lance, hits it. This thing goes on fire. It burns the house down. Symbolic. The house is burned down. The trauma, her trauma mm-hmm. is burned down. Just like it's burning. Yeah. This entity is burning down. Finally. <laughs> she's safe. She gets in her car. She runs out of the house, gets in her car. The house is burning down. She oh, drives man. all the way to Joel. And she walks Listen to that to some music on the way. <laughs> she, she did. She calls up Joel too. And <laughs> she talks to Joel. He's like, hey, is everything okay? Everything fine? She's like, yeah. I'm not sure if this thing is over with, but I just conquered a big part of it. And I, th- if we could just walk, watch over me as this is happening, I like, let me sleep here tonight. Then uh, we can figure this out. Like, you know. And mm-hmm. Joel's like, yeah, sure. Now. I can watch you. At this point. I'm like, that is something Joel wants, right? He's yeah. been desperately seeking for this. I'm like, she she didn't get out of that fire. This thing assumed her her uh her whatever. Her uh, he, identity. Skin changer stole her skin. Yeah, it assumed that uh, assumed That would have been really cool. And she was gonna she, they're gonna they were gonna hug. She was gonna look at the camera and smile. And then we'll cut. That would that would have been a good ending. I, I would not have been mad at that. <laughs> but and like it it will be up in the air. She's smiling. Mm-hmm. What kind of smile is that? Is that a smile because everything's good and, and over, or is it a smile because that's the thing, right? That's not what happened. That'd have been good. That'd have been good. What we got was what happened was good too. But Joel was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll watch over you," and he starts smiling, and he starts laughing. And this like, I'll always watch. <laughs> I'll always be with you forever. And he starts laughing. And this is Dr. Rose realizes, oh, fuck. <laughs> and she runs out of Joel's apartment. And she's right back outside. The she couch. turns around and she's looking at her old house. Everything doesn't make sense now. Like in her head, like she was just in her house. And who puts me through the. Why would this demon 
make me go through the trouble of driving through traffic on the highway just to get back to Joel, just to do this to me. So to reference evil. another Jinji Ito property, the guy who mm. dreams like for years and he yeah. wakes up. That's mm. what it felt like. I was like, dude, that's the worst. No. And if you just pick little pieces of Jinji Ito, you could write a horror movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> what is Jinji Ito but an amalgamation of a lot of different ideas yeah um but guess who shows up joel and given everything that just happened dr rose immediately freaks out and runs back into the house away from joel locking the door damn it joel <laughs> last thing i need is a witness and joel starts kicking down the door trying to get to her and then this is where we get it the smile monster is looking face to face with Dr. Rose and she's cornered she can't do anything and it just rips off its face and it uses its hands to open its mouth wide for whatever reason mm. because Dr. Rose's mouth extends past the normal point of her jaw and it goes inside of her like through the mouth it just steps in and then Joel eventually breaks down the door. Doesn't see Dr. Rose anywhere. Until he sees her back facing the door. She grabs a, a, a thing of gas. Pours it on herself. Turns around. Looks at Joel. And cracks a big smile. And lights herself on fire. And all we see is a close-up of Joel's pupils watching the love of his life light herself on fire. Presumably transferring the curse to him. Yeah. But I'm more partial to the rip ending. (laughs) That's pretty good. The ending we got here... That reminded me so much of 1408. Yeah. Like, I love that movie. I'm one of the few people that do, but I really love that movie. So much. Um, one of those endings is like the guy gets out of the scary haunted hotel because that's the plot of the thing. He goes and lives his life. He surfs and does all this other crazy shit. And then out of nowhere, he's going to the mailbox and he's just back in the scary place yeah, that he was. He never that. left. It's so funny. Fuck that. <laughs> um, and scary at the same time. Uh, a ghost that will go through that level of deception just to mess with you. Yeah. But that's it. That's the movie. One of the big themes, and they kind of they pretty much confirm it, is trauma. Every time passing trauma on, yeah. having shared trauma, not dealing with your trauma. Yeah. That's what the monster basically is. It's just a trauma monster Causing that keeps traumatizing trauma. people yeah. and moving on that way. And one of the things that I immediately imagined in this is um, think of uh, police on the scene of a de- with a dead body and a spouse shows up and sees their, their significant other on the floor dead and it's just like the cop holding her to console her. Mm. She's experiencing something tragic. And he's consoling her, but you know, they take that home with them. 
yeah. they do. And that's trauma. It's not direct trauma, but indirect trauma is a real thing. And yeah. it's also important that Dr. Rose plays a psychiatrist who deals with other people's trauma. And it's also important that Joel is a cop slash detective who mm. deals with other people's trauma. Sucks. <laughs> but <laughs> that is one of the important themes of the movie, if not the main theme. The other one I touched upon is uh, how when when you go through these things, people just tell you to put a smile on your face. You'll feel better. Use the smile to get through the day. Or it's something you tell yourself. Just keep smiling. Positive thoughts. Positive thoughts. Positive vibes. You'll get through this one day at a time. Just, just kind of push that. Forward. And makes it scary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my question to you, Jumbie, and anybody else. Mm-hmm. The alarm tripping in the beginning of the movie that got the cops over there. Yeah. How'd that happen? That, that... She, tri- she tripped it. She tripped it? Yeah. Okay. She says in the in that part, like, I must have set it off by accident or something. Like, I don't understand. I don't believe that. Because there's... But I believe she tripped it. I don't think she did it by accident. I think she, the thing did it uh-huh. through her. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Now, would you think that it was trying to test how fast the husband would show up? Because he didn't. He didn't show up until the after the cops did. Yeah. That was the trial run. And good news for A-Train. Smile didn't think he was good enough. So if we look at it like that, like at this Redditor's theory, I mm-hmm. wish I could give him credit. I can't remember their name. Damn it. I'm sorry. But Johnny Reddit. <laughs> um, the cat could also be one of those things. Holly mm-hmm. was like, get the fuck out of my house. Didn't even inquire. It's like, oh, you're a cat killer and this is a stupid prank instead of like, yo, this is not like her. Yeah. Well, I already mentioned Holly and how I feel about her. She's very closed off to other people's problems and emotions. Then you look at the patient of uh, with Cal Penn, Dr. Cal Penn. Mm-hmm. I could see him being like, just approaching it the same way he always, like a normal psychologist would. It's only Joel that showed that I care about you. And it's like, oh, we got him. He cares about her. I can transfer myself to him for to her and get to him. And he's a cop. Imagine how many people he can get to through him. But it's, this is an ancient monster too. It's been doing this for centuries. Whatever, whatever its origins. I hope we never find out because yeah. they always ruin it when <laughs> we do that. Smile origin. Nah, it's perfect the way it Original is. Original smile. Hmm? <laughs> smile zero. Oh my god. It was um We don't need these movies. <laughs> but it's perfect on its own. It doesn't need any explanation. We don't need an origin story. We don't need any sequel, in my opinion. Nah. This like is it, a great one off. Yeah. Just let it be. Like we're gonna follow Joel. <laughs> 
I guess we could see <laughs> the aftermath of that. It'd probably be another younger protagonist, like prior or after Joel. Like Joel opens the movie by spreading it to someone else. I also read the theory that I was coming after uh, the nephew because it's the nephew. It got the dead cat, but when when Doctor Rose saw Holly just swing her neck to the you know the monster as Holly swing her neck and smile at her and she starts freaking out and cursing. The nephew was watching through the window just in, in horror. It would have been better if he was smiling. Yeah. Just everybody smiling. So many opportunities. Now there's a lot of Easter eggs in terms of we see like a smiling cup. Jumpy saw a smiling emoji that was just like Like the phone on your the the button on your phone that prompts all the emojis mm-hmm. is usually a happy face but i just thought it was an extra happy face <laughs> uh i thought i saw a reflection of the 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 monster smiling in some kind of form instead mm-hmm. of dr rose's reflection i mean it's not really an easter egg but the the first victim her body bag had like a blood stain on it and that was in the oh, shape of a big smile yeah. i thought that was a really good shot uh and the uh, the filming for this is really well. I know we talked about mm-hmm. it earlier, but just that doesn't get enough credit. Pretty good. He's got a nice style. Yeah, I like it. Like uh, anything else that we didn't touch upon? No, it's a really good, strong. It belongs in this renaissance of horror movies that we're going through right now. Mm-hmm. Um, man, we at one point we should just do like top movies of the year or something because this is this is up there like if you're top at, horror movie mm-hmm. like if, if you're into the horror genre and you want to just you have vacation Good time to be alive. it's towards the end of the year all those vacations are coming in you just want to watch something that'll be nice just our top things to watch not that this movie needs your support it's doing so well yeah in the box office i'm looking at the release it has been 17 days since release all right a little more than two weeks and it's made that much money it has way more to go and i'm interested to see these numbers on halloween or close to halloween oh i'm sure because these numbers are just gonna go up unlike most movies that dip in their third fourth week this has to go up because of the season you know what if you can if you want to have that kind of night right wake Mm up watch black phone Go to the theater, watch Smile, and watch Barbarian. All of That's a day. That's yeah. a nice day. Yeah. Good luck sleeping. <laughs> no, don't fuck, fuck sleep. Yeah, you're not sleeping that day. Make sure you're with somebody, too. Just end the day. End the Halloween. Watching... Actually, I just watched Smile, so make sure you're not with anybody. You're alone. <laughs> uh, just, end your, just end your Halloween watching a bunch of Simpsons Three House of Horrors. That'll bring your day. Yeah, that'll that'll bring your brain back, so you don't have to have nightmares all night. And put a smile on your face. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, watch, watch the Dark Knight <laughs> or the new Batman because I like that one. So, while Jumpy and I were watching this movie, mm-hmm. it wasn't a packed theater, but the people behind us were talking. Yeah, they were talking to each other, making jokes. And I'm real uppity about that. I got real mad. Yes, I wanted to say, I was about to say something. Jumpy did the shh, right? 
They kept kind of going. As soon as Laura Weaver gave herself her the Chelsea smile without missing a beat, without without breaking eye contact and not removing any smile on her face, nobody talked in that theater for the rest of the movie. Hey, shut up real quick. Yep. It was that's how you know it was a good it's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. Get the pants off. <laughs> yeah. All right. And with all of that being said, any last words, Shumbi? Say cheese. Say cheese. Indeed. Cheese. Smile. <laughs> and with that, we conclude another episode of Fans of the Silver Screen podcast. If you like what you heard, <laughs> Please mm-hmm. give us a like, subscribe, follow, anything to show us that you love us. Because we love you too. And all we want is for you to put a smile on that face. Bye. Turn that frown upside down. Yeah, baby. <laughs>